What's up, everybody? This is Eddie with Flex Machine Tools, and welcome to our latest episode of Flex and Friends, a video cast experience series where I'm going to be sitting down, chatting, and hanging out with some of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate, and profound thought leaders. So today we have a very special guest. You've seen us work with him multiple times, obviously doing a lot of amazing content and collaboration. He's our good friend, Abom79. But before we bring him in here, make sure following our episode, you head on over to flexmachinetools.com to keep up to date with all the amazing stuff we're releasing. Also, check us out on YouTube, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and we're messing around on TikTok. But without further ado, so we could talk about all the amazing things involving manufacturing. Let's bring in our special guest, A-Bomb79. A-Bomb, my man, it's so awesome to have you back here again today. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, Eddie. Thanks for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure coming on here and chatting with you and, uh, you know, discussing metalworking. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then who better to talk about all these amazing things we've got lined up today than yourself? You're obviously no stranger to making amazing content. But as we kind of get rolling in here today, so obviously there's a short amount of people in this world who aren't familiar with who you are. So for those who potentially live under a rock <laughs> for what it may be worth, man, what do we got to know? Who is A-Bomb 79? Man, intro yourself. We're excited to hear. Well, uh, as Eddie said there, I'm A-Bomb 79, uh, you know, and I am... Uh, a manual machinist been doing uh, manual machining since uh, 1997 you know started working with my dad back then and been doing it ever since grew up in the job shop and and you know a lot of heavy industrial repair work and you know working with all of the manual machines and repair work and metal fabrication and it's it's what i it's what i like it's what i know and, and it's what i do and I, I enjoy capturing as much as that that i can and uh, shared it with uh, my audience out there, you know, on the on the YouTube and the social networks. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you're 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 no stranger to making wonderful content, and specifically wonderful content for the machining and manufacturing world. So, as much as I know, we're going to talk about some really cool things. Let's let's dive a little bit deep. Let's get to know a bomb a little bit. So, let's okay. talk about kind of what got you into machining and manufacturing in general. You gave us a little bit of a taste. Talk about working in the shop with Dad, but feed us a little bit more, man. We got to know. <laughs> Dad's the one that got me into the uh, the machine shop trade. You know, he he started he started running the shop back in uh, 1972, and, and that's all he ever did was uh, work as a machinist. So, as I was coming up through high school, you know, approaching the graduation year, you know, I wasn't quite sure what it was that I wanted to do after high school. I knew that I wanted to uh, work and uh, earn money. I had more interest in that than uh, actually uh, going to college. So I was kind of weighing out my options of some things that I could do, maybe get into the trades or, or whatever. But um, my sure. senior year, my dad really started talking to me about uh, working for him or coming to work for him in the machine shop. And uh, I could tell that he really wanted me to come and work for me. I could tell that he wanted his son to come and, and work for him. And, uh, you know, he told me, he says, this is a, this is a good trade to learn. It's a good business and, and it can be very fruitful, you know, if, um, if you put your mind to it and he wanted to teach me how to do machining. So that was a, a great opportunity to be able to step out and go to work right away after, after high school. So that's what I decided to do is um, is work for dad. That's what I did. I started work for him in uh, in 97. I was a senior in high school. I was actually in the um, the uh, program where you get early release from school to go to a job. And that's what I was doing. Nice. I was I was leaving school 
uh, about midday and then going uh, to the shop and started working with dad and just started right off at the bottom, the cleanup man and doing all the heavy lifting. I was the, you know, I was the young guy there with all the muscles. So I had to do all the lifting and pulling and tugging, putting things in the machines, you know, taking things out of the machines, you know, just everything, cutting materials, uh, cleaning the machine, sweeping up the floor. But it, it really didn't take very long. I mean, I jumped right in there and uh, not only my dad, but my granddad and then a couple of the guys that was uh, working for my dad, they all, you know, gave me a hand and taught me things and showed me things. And, and I think it just kind of come natural, you know, the, the, the manual machining metalworking aspect of it, it uh, just kind of came natural to me. I started understanding it, you know, so uh, it wasn't long. They, they were giving me jobs to do over on the lathe, over on the mill, um, even the welding, you know, dad, dad always did the welding at our shop. And then as soon as I started, he instantly showed me how to strike an arc, uh, you know, with the welder. And, and as soon as I figured out how to do it, he goes, that's it. You're going to do all the welding. Cause I'm done with it. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So he had me doing all the welding all the grunt work, all the cleaning, you know, just whatever had to be done. And that was the, you know, the first year or so. And i started jumping in and getting a lot more involved with the work there. Right. It's kind of voluntold. So starts off sweeping up chips. Then he ends up loading and unloading parts. Next yep. thing you know, he's welding. Man, you, you, you've done it all. I mean, is there anything in the shop essentially that, that you haven't done kind of growing up that you can think about? Uh, well, the the uh, the CNC work, I haven't done there much There we go. That. Okay, noted. noted which, <laughs> hey, to be continued, though. To be yep. continued. So obviously you spend a lot of time around these manual machines. And yeah. you say you, you, know, you made a point that comes naturally. But kind of what fires you up about the manual machines because obviously a lot of your content's based around that so there's got to be something that makes your heart beat a little bit faster when it comes to that what is that man i just love especially the old machines the the older engineering the way that you know mm-hmm. the engineering that was put in these old heavy machines and uh, being able to set something up in a chuck and uh, do the heavy turning I, I think that's what really excites me the most is the heavy turning and the heavy chip making you know, using big giant twist drills, which are they're kind of becoming uh, replaced with indexable tooling. But uh, learning how to grind a big drill bit and, and drill a big hole down through a, the center of a piece in a lathe and uh, just taking a raw piece of stock and turning it into a beautiful shaft. You know, when a customer brings in a, a part that's broken or wore out, that's got to be replaced and you're able to take a raw piece of stock, cut it in a saw and go to the machine and actually replicate something that's gorgeous and beautiful and on size. That's something that I really like to do. It's, it's, it's a great sense of accomplishment whenever you are finished with that job and you set it down and you're looking at it and you have the original right there next to it, you know, and you, and you say, I did that. I made that, you know, so it's a, it's a great sense of accomplishment for me, but it really does excite me to be able to take a piece and make something out of that. Mm-hmm. You want to know how I know you love this? Cause I've never heard anybody else describe stock or fantasy parts as beautiful and gorgeous. My man, oh, yeah. <laughs> you are a gentleman and a scholar. and I love your passion. I, I knew you're going to rock that question. So <laughs> no. So with that, you obviously talked a little bit about, you know, loving manual machinings and, and you could think about a couple of specific machines i'm sure you probably have a couple of top of your favorite manual machines of all time hit me with those what are they 
I think my top number one machine that I enjoy to run and operate has got to be the lathe, especially the bigger lathes. Uh, not so much the smaller lathes, but when I have an opportunity to run the big lathes, I really enjoy that. And I did really always enjoy the um, the large shafting that I had to turn, you know, 9, 10, up to 12 inch solid shafting. That was always fun for me, uh, making those big parts like that. I always enjoyed it. So the lathe was number one. I got to say that uh, a top contender there for a machine that I always enjoyed running was our old horizontal board mill. We had we had a okay. uh, Kearns horizontal board mill, and it was such a universal machine. I did okay. so many different jobs on that machine. I even did turning on it like a lathe. But uh, a lot of um, drilling, facing, milling, tapping, just about anything I was able to do on that it was a, it was a really fun machine. So I got to say, if I got to pick top two, you know, it would be the lathe and then the horizontal board mill after that. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew there had to be a couple of them, so we won't digress too much, though. But I was like, man, a guy who knows, loves, and was just born in the in the fire that was manual machining, he's got to have a couple of top top hitters. So, no, I appreciate you sharing those with us. And then through that, you've obviously seen a lot of really tough jobs in, in you know your years at the spindle. So, do you have any specific job or jobs, if you will, that were just tough to work with, but you got them done, and you're happy and just proud that you're able to do those with what the tools and machines you had on hand? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of heavy challenges over the years. You know, you, you I think we all get jobs that we end up very, uh, very much disliking and, and can't wait for it to, you know, move on and get out of the shop. But uh, there was a particular job that was brought to me a number of times. I want to say at least four times I had to do this job. And, and, and luckily, every time I did it, I was successful with it. But I, I kind of surprised myself that I was able to pull this job off. But it involved using our big monarch lathe at, at the old shop with my, when I was with my dad. And uh, we had there was another shop in town that was contracted to make these big uh, stainless steel pipe weldments. But it was a pipe section and it was about six foot longer. So I don't remember the exact length, but it was at least six, maybe seven foot and uh, six inch diameter pipe, I believe is what it was. It may have been a little bit bigger than that. And uh, this weldment came in. And on each end, there was these machine stainless steel rings. One was on one end, and then in that, there was another stainless steel ring that was welded in there. And so after everything is welded together, the part had to be set up in a line board so that both of the stainless rings were in line with each other because there was a, there was a precision steel sleeve that slipped through there that had O-rings that sealed on those two plates right there. And the mm -hmm. tolerance was one thousandths, one thousandths of an inch. And the, the one of the biggest challenges of that job was that inner ring was so mm -hmm. far up inside there. It was almost three foot inside there. Wow. So I had to I had to make a boring bar. We actually just built a big, heavy boring bar that bolted directly down to the compound rest on the big lathe. And we had it, you know, hanging out there that full way. And I had to reach up in there and machine that within one thousandths. And it was a it was a challenge because I had to keep playing with tool bits. I ended up right. using high speed steel. I had to use uh, hand ground high speed steel tool bits. And I think I was running the lathe at one of the slowest speeds that it had on there, which was, you know, less than 20 RPM, really. Right. Uh, uh, cutting oil inside there to help lubricate the cut. But mm -hmm. luckily I nailed it every time. But it was uh, but getting there. And figuring out what you have to do to make it right was the challenge because you start off, you get chatter. 
And then once you get mm -hmm. chatter inside there, it's hard to get the chatter out because the tool wants to follow it. But of I course. was able to succeed and I got it done. And, I, and every time I got done with it, I was so glad to see that job done and out of the shop. <laughs> Well, I can only imagine the length of that, you know, we're talking about just the tolerances within itself, yeah. man, half having to just go about that. But hey, that's some of the beauty of it. And I think there's there's definitely a lost art to that, that people like yourselves are just continuing to utilize. And so as we kind of continue to talk about your expertise, which is being the manual machines, um, obviously, we're seeing a lot of the, these automated machines, CNC machines that are kind of entering themselves in the market and really causing or creating a whole different type of capability. But with that, what manual machines do you personally see sticking around and or more importantly, which ones do you see potentially being replaced by uh, newer technology? Well, yeah, we're definitely seeing an influx in uh, CNC manufacturing these days. And I, and I think it's great and it's got its place, you know, for for modern day production. And, uh, you know, the other the other thing that I see that it's greatly improving is the, uh, the speed at which parts can be manufactured. You know, especially with those five axis machines, you know, you can you can machine a part so much faster than what you would conventionally use to build a machine it on the old the older technology. But I always think that the uh, manual machines are going to be around here for a long time, especially, say, a lathe and a mill. And I say that because I, I believe there's always going to be a need for manual machines and manual machinists in the repair industry, not just straight up manufacturing. There's always going to be a need for repair and you don't necessarily are using uh, CNC machines to repair a part. You know, if someone brought you a shaft that needs to be rebuilt, you know, usually you take that to a manual lathe and you do the work that you got to do to it. So I, I just feel like that it's always going to be around. There's going to be a need for uh, people like me, you know, manual machinist and uh, guys in the industrial repair work that are going to use those. But uh I think the CNC machines are continuing to evolve and it's amazing what they have, you know, what's already out there. And mm -hmm. it seems like every year they just come out with bigger and better, you know, machinery to uh, increase production and manufacturing. Sure, sure. And obviously you're keeping uh, really your eyes out for not only, you know, the manual machine world, but obviously what's coming and what's right in front of you. you you'd, be, you'd be crazy to not be at least looking or aware of what it is. And then yeah. so with that, for any uh, mom and pop shops or anybody kind of considering new machines in this specific new environment, but are very much like yourself who are have a lot of experience with those manual machines, they work well for them. Uh, what type of, of, of technologies or machines would you potentially look at uh, a lot of these mom and pop shops looking into investing in with this changing landscape that we're seeing in manufacturing. I've been really intrigued with the uh, conversational type CNC machines. I've had okay. a lot of folks talking to me about that. I think that if you were looking at a, a mom and pop business similar to what it is I do, that's that's there for the repair industry. Uh, but a lot of these shops are also doing, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of parts of of uh, you know maybe hydraulic parts they're building for a customer. I think okay. that they could they could look into these conversational type of uh, machines, you know, a lathe and a mill that would uh, help speed up some of their productivity, especially whenever you get into having to machine or say mill complex shapes on uh, on parts where you traditionally are taking a manual milling machine and setting up rotary tables and dividing heads and things like that, uh, taking a, a while to do. I, I think that it would be a, a wise investment to jump into a small conversational type CNC machine or maybe a bed mill 
um, that will increase those capabilities. So I, I think that's a couple that folks could look at that maybe help their productions out. No, I know absolutely. These these are these are really really good points, and that's precisely why I wanted to ask. I'm thinking, man, what is Abom seeing? What is he recommending? And those are clearly some solid recommendations that we can really take to the bank, for lack of a better term. And and then additionally to that, if we're talking about kind of the future of manufacturing. It seems to be a little bit of a trend here, and a lot of the viewers are kind of curious as to what our specific guest can see down the pipeline. So for you specifically, if you can make your claim, if you will, what does the future of U.S. manufacturing look like when it comes to any strengths, any opportunities, weaknesses, threats, a SWOT analysis, if you will, uh, but just your general insight on what we can see and expect here in the future. Well, you know, there's there's been sort of an influx in uh, U.S. manufacturing here the past few years, and and I and I I really hope that we continue to see that trend. I, I really uh, I love hearing about companies that are trying to keep things here manufactured in the USA or companies that have decided to bring it back into our country to manufacture. I really think it's important, especially after everything that we've been through over the past year, year and a half, all the, th all the things that have happened here. Uh, I, I just really want to see the U.S. economy continue to grow, and I really would love to see the industrial economy of manufacturing continue to blossom here and continue to grow and, and uh, for the U.S. to stop relying on so many things that are that are manufactured overseas and brought in, I would love for us to start making more of our own parts, you know, for, for everything. And I'm not talking about just, you know, like automotive parts, but just anything in general, all of the right. industrial parts that are manufactured out there, you know, components, everything that the uh, end user buys. So mm -hmm. I, I just, I want to continue to see that trend of uh, made in USA made right here. There we go. And all we got to do is shine our light a little bit brighter, turn our volume up to 11 and keep having the conversation. So we're knowing that's a great answer. And we appreciate all the insight that you provided for us today. And so speaking about the continued conversation for those in this stream or people who are watching, if you will, uh, they want to learn more about yourself. They want to see your content. They, they just want to learn what you're up to. Where can we point them and where can they learn more about a bomb and all your crazy adventures? Well, they can definitely go over to uh, YouTube and find me on there, right there. Yeah, let's the, check it uh, out. There you go. There's the channel right there, A Bomb Seventy Nine, and uh, looks like he's got the uh, video list pulled up, so you get a, a little sampling of the different type of content. You know, it's just I do a little bit of everything, so no, no jobs really the same. I am into. Uh, I, I enjoy doing the uh, spray welding, the flame spray and uh oh, yeah. making one-off parts a lot of repair work i have a lot of folks that send me things that just need to be repaired and that's what you're seeing right there with that stainless uh impeller so i've so got to give quite you a, a flamethrower bro who did that yeah, who's responsible enough to give you a flamethrower that's basically what it is is a big old flamethrower right there so i i really enjoy that the uh the flame spray but uh definitely check out the youtube channel to see mm -hmm. i've got playlists over there for those kinds of videos and, uh, and, and on top of that, you know, I, I stay pretty active on Instagram as well. That's a good place that I can kind of share on the daily, kind of up to date, whatever it is I'm getting into projects, jobs, you know, just anything like that up over on Instagram. And then of course I'm on Facebook as well under a bomb 79. So you can find me over on those three, uh, social media platforms. 
There you go. Well, now everybody knows where we can get more information. And I want to personally vouch for one is YouTube videos. They're raw, they're real, but they're also high quality. Check those out if you love seeing some old school <laughs> chips being made on the consistent basis. Also, hey, the other content he's putting on Facebook as well as Instagram, absolute fire within the industry. So if you are interested in any type of manufacturing or manual machining content in general, this guy is someone you have to add to your subscribe and add to your watch list. Absolutely make it happen. So Hey, but we thank you, Abom, for all of your amazing thought leadership and content you've provided. We love working with you per usual. Also, following this demonstration today, head on over to flexmachinetools.com. Check out our awesome website to look at all the amazing things we're doing. And you can find us on our YouTube channel as well as LinkedIn. We got Facebook. We've got uh, Instagram as well as messing around on TikTok. But until then, thank you all for joining us. Make sure you stay tuned for our continued episodes of Flex and Friends. But until then, you all stay awesome, stay flexing, and we will see you next time.